Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Bryn Wise, and you are listening to the Grace Mama Grace podcast. I am a mom who suffers from mom guilt, and I am working tirelessly to overcome it. It is my mission to help you remember that you are enough exactly the way you are. You are the mother your children need, and you are perfect as a mother just because you love your kids. Let's do this. And we're back. I'm so excited, you guys. My mama llama is back on with me. And today she and I are going to chat about the seven things you do not want to do during your Christmas season. I have gotten so much positive feedback from last week's episode of having my mom on and just like, oh my gosh, you guys are totally related. I can totally hear you and her and her and you and all the things. And it just, honestly, little backstory. I just feel like it's very appropriate. I remember a very distinct memory in high school where I had a friend and his name was Daniel. And this kid he did not like me because of me. He liked me because of my mom. And he would, legit, he would legit ask me all the time, how's your mom doing? She is so cool. And she would like, anytime he would see her at a football game, supporting me and all the things, he would like, hi, Cheryl. And like, oh my gosh, my mom was the cool kid on the town and it's totally fine. So she really is just really cool. So I'm very honored that she is coming back again to hang out with us and chat with us and all the awesomeness. So yay! Yay. Oh my goodness. I am honored, honored, honored to be back. And I totally, I, I, I love collaborating together with my children now that they're adults on memories because they remember things that I don't. And it's like unwrapping a present to, to like, I love that kid. I totally forgot about him. I'm like, where is he now? (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's super fun that you remember that. And, and I'm, I'm thrilled that you remember that. Thank you for reminding me and I'm honored to be here. So yes, yes. Okay. So last week we chatted about 11 do's that you do want to do during your Christmas season. So if you're just joining us, you haven't listened to that one, make sure you go and listen to that one first. Cause it's kind of a prerequisite to this one. And it was so, so solid. So good. I took like two and a half pages of notes, but if you did listen to that already, you're here now, you want more. She's going to chat with us about seven things we don't want to do. So take it away. Yes. And for those of you who either don't like following rules or are not in a position where you can actually change the channel, don't leave us. Stay here, listen to the don'ts, and then go back and listen to the last episode on all the things you do want to do to create a holly jolly Christmas for mom or whatever holiday you celebrate. This is not exclusive to Christmas, but this time of year, especially this year, a lot of stress, a lot of pressure on mom. And a lot of that is revolving around the big two, time and money. We talked a lot about time and money last time. And so that's where we're going to start. And actually, since um, Bryn and I talked about this. Um, I actually added two more. So it's now the nine don'ts awesome. <laughs> um, for mom to have a holly jolly Christmas uh, or whatever holiday you celebrate. And number one is overcommit. Number one is overcommitting time and money. They are both precious resources 
And if we overcommit on our time, it will rob us of our joy. And if we overcommit our money, it will also rob us of our joy. And so recognizing that both are um, precious resources um, and to, um, we talked about that um, in our dues about having a plan for your time and your money. And so number one, don't is overcommit. Um, and that takes deep breathing and introspection and, um, and asking yourself what your budget really truly is. Um, one of the things that we did that um, I hopeful, this didn't come up in all of Bryn's happy memories, um, but it certainly was a great epiphany for me as a mom. Um, I, I just got to the point and maybe moms listening to this can relate. I would buy something for one child and then, and I would feel like I was done, but then, oh, you go to a store and you find the thing, like the thing. And you're like, they would die. They want, the, they would love this. Their eyes are going to light up. It's going to make Christmas. I have to buy it. Then where I had four girls, I had to buy something else for the other four girls because we all know, or the other three girls, we all know. As a parent, if you have more than one child, at some point, you will get to the point where you have to weigh the breakfast cereal. You have to stick out your tongue to adjust for wind temperature, barometric pressure, and all the things, and like to make certain that everything is completely fair and even, right? Never, so ever made you do that, ever. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's funny. So. Um, and it's, it, for those of you who are step parents, it is even worse. Maybe at some point down the road, uh, B, we should do a, an episode about step parenting because for Absolutely. me, that was the hardest role I ever played in my entire life. And the one of all the roles that I've played, the one that I felt like I was the least successful at achieving. So the overcommitment of time or money and making everything fair when you have a blended family is worse because you have additional in-laws and you have additional kids and additional constraints on your time, your money, your energy, your effort. And you've got to be even more cognizant of, of loving yourself first, of putting your own oxygen mask on first and, and taking care of you so that you don't get overwhelmed. Remembering that overwhelm is a choice. So number one is overcommitting time or money. Number two, Oh, I was going to say the idea. The idea, it was to give each child a toy, a book, a game, and a Santa present. And then we also did PJs. Um, and so to keep everything fair and balanced, and so that it, I didn't overcommit on buying the thing, loving the thing, and now I have to buy something for everybody else, and then you get like ridiculous crazy out of control mm -hmm. um so yeah we we stuck to a toy a book a game um, and then we modified that sometimes to a want and need um kind of a thing and then bren talked about the christmas pajamas which was a fabulous memory um so yeah just creating some kind of a system which we also talked about last time so that you don't overcommit time or money and you make it so that the system works for you so there you go. All right, number two, running yourself ragged, which leads into number one and is also an outcropping and an extension of number one, taking on more things than bring you joy. So that also requires, my day for planning is Sunday. 
Sunday is my day that I do not work. It is my day for worship and it is my day for deep introspection of what made me happy last week, what brought me joy last week, what didn't work last week, what, what did I accomplish, what did I not accomplish, what were my barriers, what stood in my way. My favorite planner, I'm not affiliated with this company in any way, shape, or form, um, but it's, I use the Clever Fox Ultimate Achiever Planner, me which too. is, yay, uh, I live for that planner. I am, I've had so many dozens of planners in my lifetime, and it's the one that I love and use the most, and there's an opportunity for, in the Ultimate Achiever, to do the weekly assessment, and Sunday is my day to do that, and so just looking at your week to come in addition to the week that you've had and do that for the whole month as you go back um, and, pl and plan your holiday season. Here we are at the very beginning of the month. You still have time to create exactly the beautiful holiday season you want to create. You're not in the thick of it yet. And so doing it now and assessing what activities are you looking forward to and be honest. Who are you kidding here? There what activities zap your very reason for living? What activities would you rather shave your legs with a cheese grater than show up at? Like, nope, that's a total waste of makeup. I'm not even doing my hair for that. I just don't even want to go. And ultimately, I think this, this is the year for us to really pause and, and be able to, to assess what activities we love and which ones we loathe and don't look forward to. Um, because a lot of, we're probably going to get out of a lot of things this year because of hashtag pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. um, number three, <laughs> feeling like everything has to be perfect and or spotless, which also leads to feeling like you have to do everything, which ties back into uh, number 11 from our last week's episode of failing to ask for help if we need it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be the one to do everything. Um, and if somebody offers to help you, um, let them. Well, if it's a grandparent, if it's an aunt or an uncle who doesn't have children, it, you, I hate to break it to you, Enneagram threes, there is no medal and there is no trophy for doing it all yourself. Mm -hmm. And Enneagram twos, those of you who are helpers and love, love, love to help, um, your biggest challenge in life is not feeling like people should be able to read your mind and that other people should reach out and offer to help you the way you reach out and offer to help everybody else. And if you're an Enneagram two wing three, like me, then you have a beautiful blend of people need to read my mind and I'm going to help everyone else. And I'm going to get a medal because I'm going to do it all myself. All of it. <laughs> it's just this awesome blend of Okay, holy crap, Bryn, just ask for help. <laughs> yes, and when people offer, instead of just our, our rapid response answer, oh, no, no, I got it. Like, find something for them to do. I would love it if you'd come and read a Christmas story with my kids for 20 minutes so that I could have a nap for crying out loud. So, yeah, naps are one of those things that we hated, detested, and fought as children, and now it's the best time of the whole day is nap time. And can I just put a little plug in there for now? Yes. I think I, I know a couple people in my personal life that literally live by the, the slogan, naps are for sissies. And uh, yes, and they, they, I, they pride themselves in the fact that they never take naps. And I think honestly, there is a negative connotation in the world around naps for some people. 
especially my type A friends and my type A people. And I'll be real, like there was a point in my life that I totally latched onto that. Naps are for sissies. I don't need a nap. I'm better than naps. I don't need one. I work my tail off all day long from sun up to sundown and all the whatever, all the things, right? But if you're somebody who is like me, who I used to be, there is no shame in sleep. And the book that really did it for me, that helped me to change my mindset around naps was the book Essentialism. And he talks about- Oh, love that. So good. And it's by Greg, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's like McCown or McCown or Mc, I don't know. It's Greg is his first name. Essentialism is the book. And- Amazing book. Loved it. Yeah. And he talks about, there's a whole chapter dedicated to how important your sleep is for being- the person that you need and want to be and the people that I know who do run on less than, than optimal sleep, their health is deteriorating and, or it's, I'm going to predict that it will in the future if they're still quite young and not getting adequate amount of sleep. So just a little plug, naps are not for sissies. Naps are for people who value their brain. Amen to that. And studies have shown, scientific research has shown that your brain works 31% better if you've had enough sleep. And so, yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I personally am very much in need of my brain and to be high functioning all the time. Um, so I, there's an app called sleep cycle. Did we talk about this last time? Yeah. Yeah. I had to stop using it because my dog, my adorable dog, Buzz Lightyear, who is 10 years old now, he snores so loud that it was affecting my score. And as an Enneagram three, that was not okay with me that my score was affected because my dog was snoring so much. Like we're just not doing this right now. We're going to go ahead and wait on that. For everybody else, get the app Sleep Cycle. It is not free, but it is a very minimal charge and very worth it. Um, you plug it in, you put it next to your head um, while you're sleeping. And yeah, we talked about it in the last one, so we won't talk about it again. Um, but wonderful app. So, so yay for naps. Yay for naps. Okay, thank you for that. And that, but Bren recommended Essentialism to me earlier this year, read it, loved it. It's on the list to read annually and not very many books make the, I need to read this every year. Mm -hmm. All right. Number four is a tough one. Take a deep breath. Okay. Number four is don't complain about your blessings. Don't complain about your blessings. And first of all, if we are, we are celebrating, for those of you who celebrate Christmas, we are celebrating the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And in the Bible, there's a scripture about seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things shall be added unto you. When we have problems in our lives, as we all do, we all have challenges and we all have problems. It is a part of our mortal existence. We need to take our problems to our Father in Heaven first and not last. Um, and, and I wish I learned that lesson later than I wish I had, but um, I, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm talking to everybody under the sun about this problem. And, and thank heaven it wasn't in the days of social media or I would have taken, I would have crowd surfed the solution to the whole wide world before I actually took my challenge or my problem 
to my father in heaven. So taking things to him first and not last. And ultimately, um, if our challenge is a person, whether that is a parent or a grandparent or a sibling or an aunt or an uncle or a child or a spouse or who, a significant other, whomever it is, talk to people and not about them. Talk to people and not about them. And, and just be open and vulnerable and, and say, you know what, I, I, I need your help. For women, it's hard for us, to, some of us, it's hard for some of us to ask for help. And men love to help. If you go to a man and you say, I need your help, actually wanting his help, he, the, his brain is hardwired to be like, ooh, I get a problem to fix, yay! Um, and he wants to help. Um, and he will be much more clued in if you can, can ask for his help rather than landing all over him for the fact that he's leaving his socks on the floor for the 7,000th day of your marriage or leaving the toilet seat up or whatever it is. Talk to people and not about them. Especially, um, especially to your family um, because then it, it has the effect of you work out the problem with your spouse and that then your family member still has resentments toward your spouse. That being said, for any of you within the sound of my voice who are actually in a situation where you are facing any kind of abuse, that is not the same thing. And you need to talk to your father in heaven about that. And you need to talk to a trusted loved one about that because you cannot and should not go through that alone. Mm-hmm. So you, we are not designed as humans to go through things alone. That is not what our father in heaven wants for us. And we are hardwired as human beings to want and need connection. It's one of our six fundamental human needs. And so reaching out to someone that you know, love and trust, and I'm not talking about everybody and I'm not talking about airing it on Facebook. I'm talking about someone you know, love and trust who can help you, whether that's an ecclesiastical leader or whether that's a, um, your mother or a sister or a trusted friend. Um, please do not uh, suffer through abuse. Um, and you're, you deserve more. And you, you need to get to the point where you know and believe in your soul that you deserve more and it's time to get some help. And, and in all things too, I think, yes, definitely for abuse, but in all things, I think that's a really good plug to, that's one of my favorite things. I love Brene Brown. I've referenced her a million times now on this podcast and I just finished the book, Braving the Wilderness. And that's really, I I know it is so good. And I swear for every human, as soon as you're done with this podcast today, go get your hands on braving the wilderness. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah. And it's all about that finding and craving that human connection and how to be, how to be willing to have difficult conversations, not and not just on social media, like in your life, with yourself, with your significant other, with your family members, how to brave the wilderness and be willing to have the courage to dig into your emotions and have uncomfortable conversations and figure out why you're feeling the way you're feeling. And, and she talks all the time about finding those people who you can trust to share those 
things with and it's not the people that are going to one up you and like oh you have that problem well listen to my problem that's mm -hmm. not the person that you want to share your life with mm -hmm. and it's also not the person who's going to want to fix it either it's not it's not that you are looking for that person who's going to listen who's going to hug you if you're a hugger and if you are not physically in contact who's going to hug you virtually and you want that person who's going to listen to you who's going to validate you and who's going to let you know that you're not alone they're not going to one-up you they're not going to whatever but they're going to let you know like you're not you're not alone my friend and honestly that is my mission in this podcast is that if you don't have that person in your life i want to be that person for you as a fellow mom who's giving you a virtual hug and letting you know, girlfriend, you're not alone. You are not alone in, yeah. in life. And, and so I hope, I hope, I hope that I'm not that only person for you. I hope that there are other people in your life that, that you can turn to when life is hard. And yes, human connection is needed. Mic drop. Yeah, mic drop, absolutely. And also that Bryn, that's so beautiful, so important. And also let's flip that and say, be that person, be that listener for those in your life. And don't don't attempt to jump in and fix it and solve it. And oh, I got an idea for you. Bah, 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 bah. You should do this and this. This is how I handle that. Just learn to stop and listen with your heart and connect with that other human. We talked in our, in our last episode about listening with your eyes, just be there and, and witnessing the person. And even if it's not positive, I witness deep sorrow. I witness disappointment. I did, I witness hurt. I witness fear. Um, all of those, all of those things and just give people the gift of your presence and and learn to listen with love and empathy and not to fix so mm -hmm. give and receive we talked about that last time too be willing to receive love that good job and window real quick before you move on to number five she was talking about don't complain about your blessings and one thing that really stood out to me um back from a long time conversation um I was talking to my friend Audrey, who I taught kindergarten with, and um, we were just, we were chatting and I can't remember what it was that we were really referring to, but she, she brought up a point to me that she was like, I just really want to make sure that anytime I am complaining, I am complaining productively, meaning that I, I'm complaining to the person who can actually solve my problem Amen. and not just complaining to complain, to gossip, to whatever X, Y, Z. And I'm com complaining to the person who can actually solve my problem. And I think there's a very real difference between like, I, I need to vent and I need to get this off my chest. And I'm sharing this with the person who needs to hear it versus I'm complaining, I'm getting this off my chest and I'm saying this just because I'm saying this. Absolutely. Otherwise it's verbal vomit and we don't want that. That's yucky. No mom wants to clean up vomit. So just think of it in really icky, yucky terms. That's what it is. Be a fix it, Felix. So there you go. <laughs> fix the problem and no verbal vomiting. Awesome. That was a beautiful point. I love that. Way to go, Audrey. We love Audrey too. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready for number six? I thought it was five. 
96. I'm just kidding. Number five. Ha, way to keep me on track. There you go. Number five. Number five is don't compare yourself to others. We talked about last time about comparison is the thief of joy. It bears repeating. Comparison is the thief of joy. Do not compare yourself to your sisters, your sister-in-law, your mother, your mother-in-law, Martha Stewart, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, um, friends. No, it, no one can give your children the Christmas, the holiday celebration that you can. You are, like Brenda's talked about in previous episodes, you are your children's mother for an eternal divine reason. And you are the, the one that's been chosen to give them this Christmas. And ultimately friends, you never know. We just never know when a Christmas is gonna be our last. And we just have to celebrate uh, the, the fear of losing someone, a, a loved one or, uh, or a pet even, helps us to appreciate, love and savor and connect with those people or those pets on a totally different level um, if we don't take them for granted. This is the only Christmas 2020 you will ever have. So it, celebrate it to the fullest and enjoy it to the fullest. Um, and comparison is just not going to help you to have any fun or any joy um, at all. And so, yeah. And we can, when we look at other people or social media in any platform, we are looking at the best of what other people are putting out into that space and comparing that with the worst of ourselves. And yeah, no one needs to see the fact that you've got dishes in the sink. Nobody cares. It's fine. Um, unless, yeah, I, my, my, my daughter, Ashley, Bryn's older sister, has some interesting haters. And as her mother, it's very hard for me to not want to go in there and jump in and save everything. And apparently people care. Ashley has dishes in her sink, but for the rest of us, nobody cares. Nobody cares, Karen. So it's all good, right? And Ash, you're allowed to have dishes in your sink. <laughs> Ashley, this is your mother speaking, and you absolutely have my permission to have dishes in your sink. So I believe I have a few in mine at this very moment. Same. So, yeah, nobody cares. And it's all good. All right. Number six. Don't say yes to everything. I love, we were talking about Stephen Covey. Um, I, I love so many things that Stephen Covey says. His book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People has been on the New York Times bestseller list for like 35 years. Um, he says, I, and I quote, remember, it's easy to say no when there is a deeper yes lying within. So we talked in the last episode about connecting to the reasons why you're doing the things that you're doing, who you're doing them for. When you do things with love, it changes the dynamic of absolutely everything we do from cleaning toilets to doing dishes, to wrapping presents, to uh, attending a holiday party, all of it. And if we connect to the reason why we're doing these things, which hopefully is for either our family, our savior or ourselves, um, I, I love that, that somebody gave me that acronym years ago, the word joy, 
um, Jesus, um, others, and yourself. And in that, in that order, um, things always work out. So if, the, if one of the reasons belongs to Jesus, others, or yourself as your reason, um, it is easy to say no when there's a deeper yes lying within, but you have to slow down enough to be paying attention to figure out what that is and have the courage and the discipline to say no. Um, and, and I'm not talking about hurting other people's feelings or just saying, no, we're not going anywhere for Christmas this year and too bad, so sad and shutting everybody else out. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about saying yes to everything and everybody to the point where you are unhappy and because that's not going to serve anyone well. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So that was number six. Number seven. Number seven. We talked about over committing time or money, but this one just takes that another step further. Don't blow your budget. Taking the money for your house payment and buying gifts in the name of a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays is not the thing because you will be stressed and unhappy, whether that's your house payment or your rent. Um, do not do that because then you'll be scrambling and, and it's just not, it's not joyful and wonderful um, to put yourself in a stressful position like that. So yeah, don't blow your budget. Set your budget, set your plan and stick to your plan. Some of my favorite gifts, um, we talked about this last time, are gifts that were homemade and I still treasure them. So, and yeah. Yeah, and a little plug for that too. This last anniversary, Blake and I actually budgeted and we we over budgeted. And I can't even tell you how freeing it was to be able to enjoy our meals, especially, and not feel guilty that I wanted an appetizer or that we're going to have to, I I mean, I want to tip well and I'm going to tip well, but now (laughs) I don't know where that money for groceries is going to come next week or whatever. And, and I can't even communicate effectively the joy that came from budgeting and sticking to our budget because we worked hard and we saved well in advance. And, and maybe that's not this year. Maybe it's too close to Christmas this year, but what about next year? What if you started saving for Christmas in July? And what if you started saving 10% of every paycheck or whatever, every single paycheck until Christmas. And then, wow, like, look at all this money I've saved. And now I can buy all the things that I want and still have money left over for all the other things, you know, and just having, I think a a budget is another thing that I used to think was incredibly unsexy, just like naps. And I am learning as I'm growing older and wiser too, that budgeting is actually very freeing and very awesome. I couldn't agree more. And if you don't like the word budget, if that feels like handcuffs to you, don't call it that. Call it my, my um, money manager calls it a spending plan um, because a spending plan is just much more freeing and much more fun in your head than budget, which sounds like prison to a lot of people. 
So yeah, but I couldn't agree more with everything Bryn just said. So yes, I love that over over budget or oh, create a bigger spending plan. And then if you don't spend all that money, think about how fabulous and happy that is. So yay, mm -hmm. love that, love, love. Okay, number eight, number eight. Don't forget to take time for you. Self-care is not selfish. Take time over, bu over budget, as Bryn just reminded us, your time. Because especially if you live in a place where the weather changes, um, allow an over budget time to get places because it's not, it's not fun to be late everywhere you go. Um, that, that starts to wear on your personal integrity. If you're late all the time um, it wears on relationships and it, it's just, it, and it's not energy rich for you to show up somewhere feeling frazzled. So if there's going to be, watch the weather, um, leave an appropriate times, um, to get places and, and drive safely. Um, because a lot of times we make stupid decisions driving when we're in a rush and, cut somebody off and you know and then we're grumpy and yeah we don't want to be grumpy no grumpy mm -hmm. remembering that self-care isn't selfish and just remembering give people the gift of you being present and that requires conscious slowing down conscious slowing down all right last but not least number nine the most important don't forget the reason for the season. Again, if you're celebrating Christmas, the birth of Christ was the least filled with pomp and circumstance and expensive gifts and baubles and tinsel and lights. It was the absolute opposite of all of that. And, and slowing down and, and creating conscious traditions, memories around scriptures, around, um, I love the idea that Bryn shared last time of opening a, um, a nativity every night, um, reading stories around the birth of the Savior, doing an advent calendar with scriptures, whatever traditions you already have or decide to implement this year to create a more Christ-centered Christmas really take the time to savor and marinate in the joy of all of that um, because that's what it's all about um as, uh, as now that our grandkids are getting older um it may be this year it may be next year that we get to do a little live nativity um and that would be that would be so fun and and i, I remember that when my kids were growing up i remember getting this idiotically crazy idea that i wanted to build a manger like a full size manger. Bryn's laughing because I, I'm not super handy. No. I'm also not super crafty. And so I, I, I got in the car. I drove down to the equivalent of Home Depot because this was more than 30 years ago that I decided to do this awesome activity. Um, and I, I bought the wood. I mean, I measured it out. I told them what I was trying to do. I took it home. I bought 16 penny nails and hammered this whole full thing together. Um, it lasted for probably three or four moves before it fell apart and we just donated to the scrap heap or burned it or something. 
but I love that. It, it was actually really kind of big and it couldn't help but really be a decorative focal point um, in addition to our Christmas tree, to all of our holiday decor. I don't think my two younger girls remember this, but my I'm sure, Bren, do you remember that? Maybe? Yeah, now that you talk about it, I do remember it. When did we lose it? Uh, I don't know. One of the moves, um, probably when we moved into the, our Provo house in 95 and 95. Yeah. So like four. Yeah. But you were so cute. First of all, Ashley used to put you in it. So that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) The joys of being the second child, right? Yeah, and, and she used to put her dolls in it. Then as you got older, you put your dolls in it. And it gave us a wonderful conversation piece to talk about baby Jesus and as the central point and the central focus of our celebration and our worship. So um, we we invested in smaller little mangers and put straw in it and you know for all the acts of service, but nothing really ever compared to that great big one that we had. Um, and so find fun things that, that work for you, that work for your family, that are going to be memorable. And yeah, th- this is not a contest. Nobody has to approve. This is about you doing, creating the traditions and the beautiful experiences with your family, with your children that are going to bring you and them the most joy. Yeah. And I, we were actually decorating our Christmas tree today, finally. Oh, fun! Yay! Yeah. yeah. We have a live tree and we finally put ornaments on it today. And I was reminded of one of my favorite traditions that I failed to talk about last week was a Christmas star tradition that we had. Yeah. And we had this like little wand looking thing almost. And this is one of the only times that I myself have been crafty. She passed that not craftiness on to me. I have many. I'm sorry. Okay. I have many talents. Crafting is not one of them and it's all right. Um, But I did make this Christmas star thing and it was something that we would pass on to each other in silent acts of service. So you just, you would serve someone and then when you would serve them, you would put that Christmas star on their pillow and, um, and then it's their turn and then they would serve and, and go out and, and do something for someone else and whoever they served leave this Christmas star on their pillow. And anyways, I, I pulled out the one that I made and I was like, oh my gosh, maybe my kids are finally old enough to really do this with me. I mean, it'll be very simple with a four-year-old and a two-year-old and a, you know, nine-month-old. She can't really help, but, um, <laughs> but that was another cool memory I had. I, yes. Thank you for bringing that up because I still have one and I love that tradition. And I think that brings up a beautiful point that the, the acts of service are by their very nature designed to be very small. So you, it, it was someone else's job to unload the dishwasher, but you did it for them. Mm-hmm. You make their bed, you pick up their boots where they left them and you put them away, especially with very small children. And so even though Ellie is only nine months old and can't actually do acts of service for other people at this point, her siblings can serve her. Mm-hmm. And it creates so much love in in the home that it may be a tradition that you decide that you want to keep all year round. By it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a star; it could be a heart. It could be a, a really cheap 
little piece of wood that you paint red, a little heart, and every time someone does an, an act of love or an act of service for someone else, um, and they don't, you don't have to tell them what it is or who did it. I mean, it, it just, Enneagram 3s, just calm down for just a second. It, every, we don't have to have everything we do recognized, right? We don't have to have a trophy for everything. And it's just beautiful to teach our children the principle of by small and simple means are great things truly brought to pass as we do these small acts of service for each other it promotes an unbelievable feeling of love and harmony and and beauty in our homes which ultimately i i don't think there's a mother on planet earth that doesn't want her children to love each other and as a it's sitting where i sit now um, one of the greatest gifts of my lifetime is that my adult children are not only my best friends, but they are best friends to each other. And I, I worried about that. There were days when I thought, oh my gosh, are they ever going to speak to each other ever again? Are they even going to like each other when they're adults? And doing, doing that, that things like that Christmas star will allow your children to love and serve each other and so that they do build those bonds of friendship and so that they hopefully will love and continue to serve each other as, as siblings and as friends for a lifetime and not just while they live under your roof. Yeah. Well, and whatever you did, you did it right. Cause legit, I, my sisters are my best friends. Every single one of them serves a different role, a huge key role in my life and who I am and you and them and I, whatever you did, you did a great, 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 great job because I love my sisters and I adore you, so. Well, the feeling is very mutual. Every single one of your sisters adores you and I adore you, so yeah. And ultimately just, I was an incredibly imperfect mother, um, but I loved every single one of my children perfectly. And um, that was never, in question, it was never called into question. My actions didn't always match my intentions. And I think that's the hardest thing about, about being a mom is, is we judge ourselves by what we wanted to do, what we thought about doing and didn't do. I mean, a lot of that's negative self-talk. One of the best gifts you can give yourself is to just stop that. And there's a great book called, it's an old book, but it's called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself by Dr. Shad Helmstetter, not Chad with a C, S, with um, Shad Helmstetter. The biggest flaw with this book is it's not available on Audible, um, as all books should be on Audible. Um, but uh, this one is not, but, it's, and you, but you can get it, you can find it on Amazon for literally like 25 cents. I think some of my coaching clients had bought it for just ridiculously inexpensive, um, under a dollar. Best buck you will ever spend is learning um, what to say when you talk to yourself and just approaching yourself with more grace more kindness, more, more joy, more credits for what you did do, what you didn't do, what you meant to do, what you're trying to become. Amen. And the humans you are trying to raise, right? And those beautiful humans that you're working so hard to raise. Yep. Okay. Well, anything else you want to share with us before we close it out? 
No, just remember with all the do's, with all the don'ts, the, the, the object of the game at the end of the day is to truly celebrate tidings of comfort and joy during the day and silent night when everybody goes to sleep <laughs> uh, and, and just to relish the beauty of this season. I saw on the news that um, more people are doing more to decorate the exterior of their homes than any year in history. As we're trying, as neighbors, as friends, as loved ones, as families, to create more joy for each other mm -hmm. um, because of all that we have been through. And, and the beauty of this year is that we're all in this together. I don't think there's a single person on this planet that hasn't been affected in some way personally, professionally, health-wise, travel-wise, can't go to their favorite restaurant or worse, their favorite restaurant closed for every single person within the sound of my voice who is grieving along with me that Disneyland is still closed. Um, <laughs> all of us have suffered and loss in some way as a result of this. And as a result, we're all in this together. And as we, rising tides lift all boats, as we as we work to lift and bless and love and serve each other, we will all be blessed. Our children um, and every single person around us. And as we love and serve each other, it will give us greater joy. Mm -hmm. Amen. I have nothing more to say. <laughs> okay. Well, everybody listening, I hope this is, was as good for you as it was for me. I literally came to the end of my journal. And so I had to like get all creative and write like up margins and inside. Other I parts so do that. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So clearly I'm going to need to rewrite those notes somewhere else. But I had so many takeaways, so many good aha moments. I love it. So thank you for sharing you, Mama, and you're just incredible. And you're incredible. Oh, I forgot. I do have one more thing I wanted to add that it was in a study. When you said journal, I was like, oh, wait, where's mine? I have this big starred item right here um, that I don't want to get this off on another tangent, but just remember, if you're on a worthy journey, you're going to have worthy dragons. And the point of every journey, the point of the journey of life is to transform us. And so as we, as we think about all that we are working to become, one of my mentors challenged me with what two questions guide your entire life. And my number one question that guides my life is who am I striving to become? And at this holiday season, as we look to our savior and all things, as we try to become more like him, um, that is the ultimate test of mortality. That is the ultimate, that is the ultimate star at the top of the tree is to become like our savior. And as we celebrate his birth, don't forget him. Don't forget him in the, in the tinsel and the glitter and the pomp and circumstance and the stress that it, that can be this season. Just slay the dragons, put them to bed. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And I think that's one of the reasons that this holiday has been so glitterized and glamorized and you lose yourself in all the other things is because the adversary knows <laughs> 
this is about Christ. And I don't want people to be happy because of Christ. I want people to be happy because of all these other things. So I want them to associate Christmas with Santa Claus and lights and glitter and presents and giving and gifts, which are good things, but it also takes us away from the center point sometimes. And, and it just, who are you focusing on? Yeah. Making sure that that gut check is always right there. And even for me too, even for me too. Even for me too. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, thank you, Mama Llama. And thank you for all my friends listening in. And I'll see you next week. All right, you guys, that's it. Thank you for sticking around. If this message spoke to you today, please feel free to share it with someone you love. It would mean the world to me if you would leave this podcast a quick review from wherever you're listening from so that other mamas can find it too. Be sure to find me on Instagram so that we can be friends in real life. You can find me at Bryn Wise. Thank you for making the choice to become a mom. Thank you for loving your kids. Remember that you are doing better than you think you are. Remember to lean on your village. Remember, the biggest contribution you make in this world might not be something you do, but someone you raise. And always remember to give yourself grace.